Our series, uh, Welcome Holy Spirit, we're seeking to spend a summer of study saturated in the Holy Spirit, uh, sinking ourselves into the Holy Spirit, discovering more and more about the Holy Spirit. And um, I am a person, if you've been around me very much, that I always ask questions. Have you noticed this? And I'm always asking, when I look at a scripture, immediately I begin to ask these questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? Who, who is this? What's going on? Uh, where is this? Uh, uh, what's the history? What, what's happening? And why is this going on? And how is this happening? And so that's a part of how I uh, bring thought to you from the scripture Last week, we were talking about who is the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit is not an it, uh, Holy Spirit is not a what, Holy Spirit is a who, he is a person, and we talked about that as a, a sort of foundational beginning point. And this week, it may sound a little bit odd, but I want to us to, to think about why, why Holy Spirit? And uh, last week we were in John chapter 14. Jesus actually answers these questions. Isn't that nice? Amen. And, uh, and in John chapter 16, he gives us some answers as to the why of Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus, I think it's amazing that he thought Holy Spirit was important enough to make it one of the last things that he talked about. If you think about it, we often talk about the importance of last words. You know, the last thing that someone says to you uh, is often a very, very important thing. It may be the most important thing. And so here Jesus was, and he was very near uh, to the end of his earthly ministry. And he probably thought, there's a whole lot of things that I could tell you, but this is the most important. Uh, and this is the, the thing that you really need to know. So we're in John chapter 16, and I'm going to start with... Verse 4b, it's partway through the verse for a reason. It's just because it gets right to the point. So let's give our attention to the word of God as we uh, listen for his voice among us. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, 
But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. Now let's stand and let's pray. Father God, we want to know you. We want to know you in in fullness and in truth. Everything that can be known and experienced. God, we want it all. We don't know quite how to get there, but we're hearing. And so by your spirit, guide us as we open your word, as we consider your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. So when I ask the question, why Holy Spirit? It may seem, uh, at least initially, to be kind of a silly question, but it's not. Um, And if you think about it, many people will say, well, I like the Jesus stuff, and I I like the God the Father stuff, but Holy Spirit is kind of out there. Why do we have to talk about Holy Spirit? Can't we just, let's just, let's just focus. And actually there are kind of whole denominations that do that. We're we're leaving that out there and we're just going to focus on Jesus and we're going to focus on God the Father. And so uh, we really do need to ask why Holy Spirit. And we might ask why is there a Holy Spirit? That may be a a question way above our, our pay grade. Uh, and, and we may not uh, get an answer to that. Actually, the answer may be very, very simple and, and quite beyond us at the same time. So let me, let me go back. We're going to take a look at this, you know, way back in Scripture. And so the very first thing we need to understand is that Holy Spirit simply is. And so asking why Holy Spirit, why is there a Holy Spirit is a little bit asking like, why is there an ocean? It is. Or why is there sky? Or why is there God? Or why is there God the Father? Because that's really what we're asking. And actually what we find is from the very first page of the Bible, we find Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit isn't in just the the second chapter of Acts. Holy Spirit doesn't just show up later on. Genesis chapter 1, listen. In the beginning, God. I love that. Because it doesn't... That doesn't tell you anything uh, uh, to give an excuse or a reason or, or try to explain how. But in the beginning, God, that's our, our faith starting point. In the beginning, God created. So we have God, the creator. God created the heavens and the earth. And listen to this. I love this. Verse 2, right here in verse 2. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Aren't you glad he didn't leave it that way? And then the next, very next part. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So we have some Hebrew here. We have the Hebrew word for God, Elohim, at this point. He's going to reveal another name. Yahweh comes later. But Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. 
And, and that Hebrew is amazing too. Two different words, tahu, uh, to, tohu and bohu. <laughs> Isn't that something? Tohu and bohu. And, and literally those words together, this is how you translate it. A worthless state of empty desolation and ruin. Why don't you read that out? The earth, this is the earth. At this point, let's read it out loud. A worthless state of empty desolation and ruin. How many of you know that's a state that really needs something? It was a state of chaos, we would call it. But what happens in verse 2 is just amazing. But the spirit, and that word is an amazing word, the ruach. Yeah, let's say that. Ruach. You got to kind of clear your throat just a little bit. Don't spit on the person in front of you, please. But it, it's, and it actually has the sound of breath in it. Ruach is, is how it's said. It means three things, wind, breath, or life. Wind, say that, wind, breath, or life. All of that is important. I, I, I'm going to use the phrase, the life breath of God was over the face of the deep. And what was he doing? He was doing this amazing thing. I, I never really studied this before. Aren't you glad your pastor learns things? It's good to have a pastor that learns things. The verb in Hebrew for hovering is rachaf. Say that with me. Rachaf. Okay. I know we've got a lot of clearing throat stuff. But listen to what it means. It's so fabulous. It means to brood. To flutter. To move. To shake. Or to be relaxed. That seems a little weird, but isn't that just amazing? All of those words to brood. So the life breath of God, the ruach of God, the wind, the breath, the life of God was brooding over the face of the deep, was fluttering over the face of the deep, was moving over the face of the deep, was shaking over the face of the deep. Why? What was going on there? I think a whole lot was going on. What I want to suggest to you from the very beginning of the Bible is that before God does anything, his life breath hovers, broods, flutters over you and is relaxed. Isn't that amazing? So if we're saying, I want God to do something great and we're all brooding and all uptight, he's really relaxed. We should take a cue from that. He's brooding over you. I love that. He's fluttering over you. What is he doing? He's getting ready. God's preparation to work, to work in you should actually relax you. But you should know that, that he's brooding. And I think sometimes we, we get to rushing things and we don't realize he's not ready yet. He's still hovering. I think about all of this testimony that we've experienced, all of the amazing things. You know, uh, Greg, we were talking about all the struggles with the trucks. And all these things that were going on and the struggles with broken pipes and things that were coming. And you know what was going on that whole time? The spirit of God, the ruach of God, the wind of God, the breath of God was hovering over that chaos, ready to do something great. We need to know that. This is Holy Spirit. And so we want to know Holy Spirit is just huge and, and gives us boldness, but is so much a part of everything. The very next verse, God begins speaking. So before the speaking begins, the hovering is going on. The spirit is going on. And, and so the very next verse, God begins speaking order out of chaos. Genesis 1, 3. And God said, let there be light. 
You know, I mean, sometimes people talk about a big bang. This sounds like bang to me. Whoosh, light. <laughs> and there was light. And, and this, this is word. Now we have word, the creative force of God speaking into existence. And it's by this force, it's by this, this creative word force that there is an expanse that's called sky and then a separation of the waters by land and all of these things that come in the following verses uh, in Genesis chapter 1. And in case we don't notice, later this creative voice, this word of God is made flesh to dwell for a, li- a while among us. And that, that's Jesus. So we have, the, we have this trinity within just a few verses. And you know, it's interesting. I never really thought about it this way, but we always say, well, um, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. Why is that? He's actually the third mentioned here. The second person in this Trinity mentioned here in verse two is Holy Spirit. And that's just, that's just something that we say. It's not in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, now the second person, like there's ranks. It doesn't say that. Of course, of course, we know this is all one and this is, these are distinct and we experience God in these three different persons and yet they are all one and the same and they are together all the time. So back to our question, why Holy Spirit? He is the life breath of creation that hovered over the chaos as the words of creation were formed and articulated and pronounced. Wow. So we don't want to set Holy Spirit aside. Amen. He is the life that God breathes into and upon you at his creation. We don't have life without Holy Spirit. He is the wind that blows upon every good thing. Anything good that happens, any great camp, anything that we celebrate, we're just watching it. Did, did you get a sense of that when those, those young people are going underwater and they're, they are proclaiming before their peers, I have died with Christ and I am raised again. That's Holy Spirit. That's a recreative new life moment. So that's, I think, why Jesus was saying to the disciples, you really need him. That, that's the core of what he says here. You really need him. It's to your advantage that I go away. Your advantage. I had to look up that word, sumfero. It means it's to your profit. And it, it actually is in a kind of financial sense. It's as if someone, if someone came to you, uh, you know, someone really just very in a position, really influential, just say someone like an Elon Musk or someone like that, came and said, I'd like to give you a little tip. It's a good time to buy this stock. How many of you would say, yeah, it's to your profit. I don't know, you know, I guess they call that insider trading or something like that. But, but with Jesus, it's not. Jesus is doing some insider trading here. He says, I want to give you a tip. It's to your profit, your advantage. It's, it's for your leveraging of life that I'm going away. What? Now, why is that? He says, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Say, what? Scratch your head. What? Why is that? And you need helper. We talked about that last week. That's that word, 
parakletos, the paraclete, helper, comforter, intercessor, consoler, and advocate. We need, we need helper, amen? Very much. I need help. So, so what is this? You know, and, and people have wrestled with it. I mean, is that some sort of a rule? Is it like a, a holy trinity boundaries class or something like that? That Jesus and the Holy Spirit cannot be in the same place at the same time? What, what is that? Is it, is it sort of like Clark Kent and Superman can't be in the same place? Did you ever wonder about that? Why, you know, or why they didn't figure it out? We know why. Why, they, why can't they figure this out? Clark's never in the office when Superman's walking by. All right. Or Bruce Wayne and Batman, you know. But I've actually heard people preach it that way. Well, Jesus had to go away because Jesus and the Holy Spirit couldn't be there at the same time. Jesus had to go away. It's kind of like a bucket. One bucket goes up and one bucket comes down. I won't send him. In. And I, I don't think that's the case at all. The truth is that Jesus and Holy Spirit were always in the same place at the same time. Always. They are the same. They are always in the same place at the same time. We see it most clearly at the baptism of Jesus, Matthew chapter 3. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Does that mean the Holy Spirit wasn't there before that moment? I think the Holy Spirit was, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's what scripture says. So we're going to talk more about this. Why is it that we experience more of the Holy Spirit at a certain time? And say, well, I got Holy Spirit. And really what we've done is the release of the Holy Spirit has happened there. We've experienced more of the Holy Spirit. We're going to study that. We're going to talk more about that. So what did Jesus mean when he said, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you? Here's what I think Jesus was saying. I think he was saying, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you because you will not be open to welcome him. You wouldn't feel any need for him. As long as I'm here, why would you need Holy Spirit? Why would you need to welcome Holy Spirit? As long as I'm still here, the physical presence of Jesus, uh, they wouldn't perceive a need for Holy Spirit. As long as the incarnate physical person of Jesus was there. And by the way, incarnate means that he was only in one place at one time. We don't have any evidence that Jesus was in more than one place at one time. He was always in one place at one time. Now he moved rather quickly. Sometimes he was in another place really quickly. But he was always in one place at one time. That's, that's what incarnate meant. He entered into human flesh. He really entered into human flesh. And so, he's saying that now. Holy Spirit, the helper, breath of life, the one that hovers over his creation is going to be everywhere. You see, if we just have one Jesus, then only a few of us can be with Jesus at one time. But if we have Holy Spirit, all of you, in fact, people all over the world at one time have Holy Spirit with them to guide them and speak to them and tell them the things that they, the, answer the questions that they have to empower them. And, and Jesus says, you need that. That's what you need. It is to your advantage that you have 
that. So Holy Spirit, he is everywhere. He's everywhere. And he is the key to everything that is going to come from that point on. So why Holy Spirit? Jesus answers some questions about that. Jesus mapped out three huge missions of Holy Spirit. And, and there, um, we, could, we could study these in, in great depth, but he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's a whole study right there. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. How many of you know the biggest problem in the world that we have right now is that people don't believe in God. They don't believe in Jesus. If they would just believe in Jesus, and haven't you tried to shake some people and say, won't you believe in Jesus, and it doesn't do any good? Who has to do that? Holy Spirit is the only one. What we can do is give testimony that, that's what we were doing up here. We can give testimony and say, all I can tell you is I, I was blind, but now I see. All I can tell you was I, I, I was empty and I was, I was in great despair. And now I have hope because of Jesus. We can do that. But it has to be Holy Spirit that convicts concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will no longer see me. He was righteousness in the flesh. And so Holy Spirit is going to come and convict people of righteousness what that looks like concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so concerning judgment, and we're not able to do any of those things. The second thing he says is, and he will guide you into all truth. How many of you know that's really good? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, I'm going to keep saying things. I'm going to keep saying things through guys like the Apostle Paul. And they're going to be written down. I'm going to keep saying things through different uh, the, John, the writers and, uh, of the New Testament. I'm going to keep saying things through you. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He's going to lead you into all truth. And who is that? He's going to lead you into Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's going to lead you into that truth. The third thing he says here, the third huge mission, is he will glorify Jesus. And that's one of the things we talked about last week. If someone claims to be uh, operating in the Spirit and they are not glorifying Jesus, that should raise a big question mark for us. He will glorify me. He's not going to take away from me. I'm not threatened that Holy Spirit is, is coming and it's going to be in you and it's going to be among you. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Holy Spirit is going to declare the word to you. Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus perfectly to us and through us. Holy Spirit is Jesus in you. And so that, this is what we're trying to get. And I know it's kind of huge sometimes. Well, I, I know Jesus loves me. This I know. You know, I know that I, I'm saved by grace. But this is even bigger. So why Holy Spirit? I want to share with you real quickly something that I found. I just thought this was really great. Um, this is um, Dr. David Jeremiah. He did a search scripture and he found... Uh, the, what he calls the Holy Spirit can'ts. <laughs> Sounds kind of strange. Uh, but there's seven things you can't do without Holy Spirit. 
And they're in your notes, so you can, you can study them a little bit more later. But you can't be saved without Holy Spirit. Jesus said, truly I say to you, unless one is born again from above, born of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom. Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, uh, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So we can't be saved without Holy Spirit. You cannot have assurance without Holy Spirit. You're never going to be sure about your, you'll never be sure about your salvation without Holy Spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. How can you know you are a child of God? The Holy Spirit bears witness. So it might challenge you. The devil will challenge you. And you can say, no, the Holy Spirit bears witness in me. I am a child of God. And I answer you. The third is you can't become holy without the Holy Spirit. Um, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We're going to study this later because these are the qualities of a person who is becoming like Christ, who is becoming holy by the presence of Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot understand the Bible without Holy Spirit. How many of you experienced that? have experienced that where, and, and sometimes we say, well, the Bible's so hard. And I looked at this scripture. I do that all the time. Sometimes I look at a scripture. I say, I don't get this. And so I just pray. I just say, well, Holy spirit, reveal it to me. And God shows me, God shows me what I need to know. And it's, yeah, sometimes it's in the Greek, but most of the time it's Holy spirit showing me the thing that I need to know, the thing that I haven't seen. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. For these are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So we need Holy Spirit. When we're saved, we get Holy Spirit and we begin, our eyes are open. We begin to understand scripture like we never did before. You can't pray without the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6 says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then Romans 8, I love this. Likewise, the spirit helps us. In our weakness, how many of you have ever felt weak? And and this is so powerful. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He's interceding for us with groanings too deep for words. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you didn't have words because either it hurts so bad in your heart or it hurts so bad in your body. All you could do was groan. And sometimes we say, oh, that, I, I wish we could keep them from groaning. No, they're praying. If you're a believer, that's the Spirit praying and, and, and He's interceding for you. And so the Spirit does that. Praise God. You can't serve God without the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, there are varieties of service. but the same, We're going to study this a little later in the summer. But the same Lord, there are varieties of activities, of gifts. But the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we can't serve. We can't do anything without Holy Spirit. And you can't witness without the Holy Spirit. And we figure that out a lot of times. Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the question that I'm asking here as we begin the summer, as we begin our summer study, is will you welcome Holy Spirit? We asked that question last weekend, and we're going to probably keep asking it. 
Will you welcome? Because even if you feel, I've known Holy Spirit, I've operated in the Spirit, I've, I have gifts of the Spirit that I know of that I operate in, will you welcome more? Because how many of you know there's always more? There's always more. So I prepared a prayer, and it's not in your notes, okay? But it's just a real simple prayer that expresses that. And I'd like to put it up here and invite you to pray with me. I think it's real simple. I don't think it's very controversial, but it just simply expresses this uh, this hope and this welcoming spirit. So I invite you, if you, if you would feel so moved, to join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, I want to know all of who you are. I want to walk with everything that is you. Remove any reluctance I have had to know you more. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I need you as my helper. Come help me. Reveal yourself in me and through me in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you so much that you saw the need so far in advance to give us the advantage in our world. Lord, we need an advantage these days. We need helper. We need Holy Spirit. And so we seek and we welcome, in Jesus' name, we welcome Holy Spirit. Amen.